This is the station you turn to first for live team coverage of breaking news. 98.7 and 13.30 KNSS, Wichita's number one talk. Good morning, 6 o'clock. This is the KNSS Morning News with Stephen Ted. I'm Steve McIntosh. Now a cloudy sky and 24 degrees. Snow and rain fell across Kansas Wednesday, causing slippery road conditions across the state. Winter storm warnings and winter weather advisories were posted for much of the day. Hardest hit, west and northwest Kansas. Schools canceled classes and many remain closed today. Snowfall ranges from 1 to nearly 6 inches across western Kansas, with just under 6 inches at Goodland and 5 inches at Scott City. Unionized registered nurses at Ascension Via Christi St. Francis Hospital in Wichita held a rally Wednesday ahead of contract negotiations, which are set to get underway. Sarah Wilson says nurses voted to join an affiliate of National Nurses United this past November. We need Ascension to get serious about recruiting and retaining nurses. Um, And we need to have a better uh, safety workplace violence program. Nurses with St. Joseph Hospital, who recently filed a petition to unionize, also attended the rally. In a statement, the hospital said they are looking forward to beginning talks so that union-represented associates may have the same access to competitive pay and benefits provided to non-union associates. Residents in the village of East Palestine, Ohio, are demanding answers after thousands of frogs and fish turned up dead following the derailment of a train carrying toxic chemicals. Officials held an open house Wednesday night to give the people information. Fox's Marianne Rafferty reports. Those angry residents of East Palestine demanding answers about worrisome symptoms many have had since the release of toxic chemicals into the air after that crash. They asked about testing of air and water quality in the area and whether the railroad should pay for it. Meanwhile, the EPA continues to assure the public that there's no immediate threat to their health claim area residents are finding hard to believe. And noticeably absent at that meeting, any representatives from Norfolk Southern Railroad. The company citing fears of potential violence, saying in a statement, after consulting with community leaders, we've become increasingly concerned about the growing physical threat to our employees and members of the community around this event, stemming from the increasing likelihood of the participation of outside parties. Ohio's Environmental Protection Agency says the latest tests show the village's drinking water is free from contaminants. They're encouraging people who have their own wells to get their water tested. That balloon shot down over the Atlantic may not have been a surprise to U.S. military. Fox's Mike Emanuel reports. Sources insist the United States has been aware of the Chinese balloon program for months, noting the administration briefed Congress about it in August. Officials telling our colleague Jennifer Griffin the U.S. saw this balloon take off from Hainan province on January 21st. Their assumption it would travel east because that's the direction of the winds. The U.S. was not tracking it the whole way. Sources noting the Pacific Ocean is a big place. Senators on both sides of the aisle are calling on the Biden administration for transparency when it comes to aerial devices that may have come from other nations. One person was killed. Three more were wounded Wednesday in a shooting at a shopping mall in El Paso, Texas. El Paso police say two people have been taken into custody though details of what led to the shooting remain unclear. The 19-year-old man who killed 10 black people in a Buffalo supermarket attack has been sentenced to life in prison without parole. Judge Susan Egan sentenced white supremacist Peyton Gendron on Wednesday. You will never see the light of day as a free man ever again. 
Gendron, who live-streamed the attack in which he sought out black people at the top's friendly market, cried during victims' impact statements. Brian Talley's sister-in-law, Geraldine Talley, was killed in the attack. The community is totally devastated, and you did this. I, I pray to God for your soul. I forgive you, but I forgive you not for your sake, but for mine and for this black community. Gendron also faces separate federal charges that could carry a death sentence if the Justice Department seeks it. In New York, Tanya J. Powers, Fox News. KNSS News time now, 6.04, four minutes past six o'clock. KNSS. Stephen Ted in the morning, KNSS. 6.10 now, 10 minutes past 6 o'clock. The Kansas Board of Regents has approved expanding the Rattigan Student Center at Wichita State University. The expansion would create a space to house the Office for Diversity and Inclusion, as well as 24-hour study spaces. Project is expected to be completed by sometime in 2027. The board also approved a $2 million project to improve the ventilation in the printmaking classrooms at the McKnight Art Center. Prosecutors say a Washington, D.C. cop was feeding inter internal information to the leader of the Proud Boys in the weeks leading up to the January 6th riot. Metropolitan Police Lieutenant Shane Lamont was an intel officer for D.C. police ahead of the Capitol riot. Wednesday, during the trial of Proud Boys leader Enrique Tarrio, a federal prosecutor showed a string of messages between Tarrio and Lamont to the jury. One example, Lamont warned Tario police may be looking to get a warrant for his arrest. But Tario's attorney said his client routinely cooperated and gave Lamont useful information. Lamont's been pleading the fifth while Tario's attorney says prosecutors have bullied the cop into keeping quiet. Prosecutors deny that. Lamont's on administrative leave. In Washington, Jill Nato, Fox News. A list of the slowest cities of the world has been published where it takes longest to drive through the center. There are some cities where a queue of cars causes a cacophony of honking horns, but here in London we're too fed up to even do that. Welcome to the slowest city in the world. TomTom's research says it takes over 36 minutes to drive 10 kilometres, around 6.2 miles. Bengaluru in India and Dublin, Ireland also in the top three. The slowest U.S. city, you may not be surprised to hear, is New York, ranked 19th. Some good news for Americans. The report says you get more miles for your money in the U.S. than many other countries. Jonathan Savage, Fox News. KNSS News Time now, 6.11, 11 minutes past 6 o'clock. Interesting segue into traffic, yes. I imagine. Slow traffic. Yeah, I didn't think Tom Tom was still a thing, but... Uh, if, if we were part of that study, I imagine Wichita did pretty good. Uh, right now, in fact, in Wichita, things are looking all right. Yesterday, we were worried about the uh, traffic conditions. It doesn't look like the worst of the storm hit us, so things out in traffic right now actually looking pretty good. Might want to watch for a slick spot here and there. It is very cold outside, but really, things looking okay in traffic this morning. Traffic update, 98.7. And 1330 KNSS, I'm Jad Chambers. Now let's take a look at the forecast with KNSS staff meteorologist Dan Holliday. Good morning, Dan. Good morning. The low-pressure system responsible for snowfall across parts of Kansas continues to lift on off to the north and east. 
We had some drier air move in in the mid-levels of the atmosphere, and that really cut in to some of the precipitation. We expect to be cloudy and breezy throughout today with a high 32. It'll be clearing overnight, Charlo 18, sunny and 47 tomorrow. I'm KNSS Meteorologist Dan Holiday. I'm KNSS Meteorologist Dan Holiday. And we have a cloudy sky now. Northwest wind at 16 miles per hour and a chilly 24 degrees. With a cloudy, windy day across central Kansas Wednesday. Wichita's high temperature was 41 degrees. Normal high for the date, 49 Good morning, Ted Woodward. Hey there. It is a little cold this morning. Did you see any snow out there? No. Me neither. No, no, no. no. But yes, that wind out of the north is ouch, right in your face, man. Mm. When I when I came over out here, there was a uh, again tiny little bit of snow falling, just very very small amount. When I Mm. came through here this morning, it wouldn't have been. It would have. It just barely was noticeable at all. Yeah, it just looks like then uh, the brunt of the storm kind of did not reach Wichita. We had some uh, snowfall, as you uh, may have heard our news top of the hour. We had like six, six inches out at Goodland and about five inches at Scott City. Uh, there was some good snowfall out there, but it didn't quite reach this part of the state. Uh, today is Thursday, February 16th. It was on this date in 1959. Fidel Castro became premier of Cuba a month and a half after the overthrow of Fulgencio Batista. And that started a long time of not very good relations between the U.S. and Cuba. That's been an interesting place in our history right back to before the Spanish-American War. Um, Cuba, we thought about making it a part of our country, but we didn't. And then there was a, all, all kinds of stuff going on down there for years and years and years between the people who were trying to get freedom and, and their dictators. Well, uh, I, I, I talked to someone. You know, I talked to, uh, well, I bought a suit the other day, Ted. Yeah. And the young woman who waited on me had an accent. And, and I asked her, where are you from? She's from Cuba. And I said, oh, and she's, she's here. She's been here for, since she's been here about four years. I didn't go into you know, how that came about or anything, but I just thought it was interesting that there are still people who are making uh, that uh, trend, or hey, taking that uh, trip from Cuba up to the U.S., uh, sad news this morning. We'll have more on this in our news throughout today. But Raquel Welch, uh, wow, she's died at the age of, what, 82? Of course, she came out of the sea. In one million years B.C., she came out of the sea on that fur, furry bikini. And most of us young males went a little crazy. Okay? Well, why not? Wow. She was uh, she's very stunning, photogenic. Stunning in the 60s and 70s. And she died Wednesday, according to her agent. I haven't seen anything about... Cause of death. Have you heard anything at all, Ted? I have no idea. Okay. That's interesting. CNN reporting. Former Philadelphia Eagles Captain Chris Maragos. Is that his name? I don't know this guy. He's a captain of the Eagles, uh, Philadelphia Eagles. He's been awarded $43.5 million in a lawsuit against his doctors over a career-ending knee injury. The jury at the Philadelphia County Court of Common Pleas found that orthopedic surgeon James Bradley... And Rothman Orthopedics were negligent in the medical malpractice case, causing harm to two-time Super Bowl-winning uh, safety and forcing him to end his NFL career prematurely. Boy, they must have really botched it. Botched it. Bradley was found to be 67% negligent, $29.2 million. Rothman Orthopedics, 33%. That's about $14 million. That's according to court documents. Wow. Apparently, they just uh, didn't not do well. Apparently, he had a case. Huh. The, uh, and I, don't, I don't know what kind of surgery he had. Maybe it wasn't reconstruction, anything like that. Of course, my wife had both of her knees replaced a few years ago. 
She's done fine. Most people who have that done do all right. But I would imagine this is a little bit different. You know, an NFL knee uh, <laughs> probably was a little more complicated than for somebody like you and me. All right. Uh, 616 now, Steve and Ted in the morning here on KNSS. And uh, Ted, let's go ahead and uh, do lead off sports this morning. Find out what's going on in the sports world with Ted Woodward. Ted. Well, we got Shocker basketball tonight. Yeah. Wichita State heading to Philadelphia, a place they haven't been in three years. Take on the Temple Owls in conference play. Temple comes in on a three game losing streak. The Shockers, here's the deal on the Shockers. If it's a weekend game, they win. If it's a weeknight game, they lose. Shockers have lost six straight weeknight games. They haven't won one since before Christmas. Wow. But the Shockers have won three straight road games. They've never won on the road at Temple. Temple right now is in fourth place in the conference. The Shockers are in seventh place. FanDuel has the Shockers as a a three-and-a-half-point underdog heading into Philadelphia tonight. The play-by-play voice of the Shockers, Mike Kennedy, spoke with Shocker head coach Isaac Brown. You are 5-3 and three in true road games this year, so obviously this team's wow. developed a little bit of a mindset of knowing how to approach things and how to win on the road, which is certainly a nice place to start. Yeah, and those other games that we lost on the road, I thought we battled. I think that was at K-State, a game that, you know, down one, I mean up one with a minute, 23 seconds. Um, that Memphis game was a tough game. We battled for a while, and um, Kendrick Davis and Williams inside took the game over. Again, going on the road, you automatically seven points down. Um, the keys will be valuing the basketball, taking good shots, and rebounding. If we can do those three things, we got an opportunity to win. There you go. The Shockers at Temple tonight. Mike Kennedy and Bob Hole begin their pregame coverage at 5 p.m. The game will tip off at 6 o'clock this evening in Philadelphia. Listen live to the Shockers on 103.7 KEYN. We'll come back to basketball in just a second. We did have football yesterday, of course. The huge victory parade for the Super Bowl and rally up in Kansas City for the Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs. I just want to say we appreciate everybody here today. Arrowhead Stadium's one of a one of a kind, and we just want to say Chiefs Kingdom is one of a kind. So give a round of applause for everybody that's standing here today. That, of course, was Super Bowl MVP Patrick Mahomes. Chiefs coach Andy Reid also fired up the team's fans. And no greater place to be than right here, baby. You are the kingdom, and let's give it one for the world. How about those this was the second championship parade for the Chiefs in four years. The team also won the Super Bowl after the 2019 season. I'm Eric Messersmith, Fox News. Women's basketball last night at Coke Arena. Boy, the Shocker women were on fire, and they handled Tulsa 84-68. Wow. 1,500 fans on hand for the game last night. Two Shockers dominated. Jane Ascende with a career-high 27 points. She was a monster in the paint, also had a dozen rebounds. Drajada Colbert, also a double-double, 21 points, 14 rebounds. The Shockers out-rebounded Tulsa by 16, 44-28. Shocker ladies with the win, improved to 15-11 and 11 on the season. We'll be talking Jayhawks basketball tonight, the weekly edition of KU Basketball Hawk Talk with head men's coach Bill Self. That'll be at 6 o'clock tonight over on 97.5 and 1240 KFH. Fifth-ranked Kansas has a huge game coming up Saturday afternoon hosting Baylor. A lot to talk about tonight with Coach Self. And Shocker basketball history, one of the great games ever played in Wichita was 60 years ago on this day. 
as ninth-ranked Wichita beat the number one-ranked team in the nation, Cincinnati, 65-64, stopping Cincinnati's 37-game winning streak for the two-time defending national champions. Shocker sophomore, All-American, Dave Stallworth, with a career-high 46 points. That was a school record that stood for 20 years until it was broken by Antoine Carr. The Shockers were down by six points with three minutes to go. And then Stallworth personally went on a 7-0 run to finish the game against the number one team in the nation. Dave that night finished 14 of 22 from the field, 18 of 23 at the free throw line. As the Shocker defense held Cincinnati to zero points in the final seven minutes. Can you imagine the roundhouse? Oh, it was going crazy. How much, how uh, the roof must have been coming off that place. I was listening to the place. game with Rick, we- Rick Weaver on your receiver. Oh, my KFH. gosh. It was outstanding. Yep. Oh. The Shockers beat the number one team in the nation at the roundhouse 60 years ago on this day. One of the great all-time Shocker victories. And that's sports with Stephen Ted. 621 now. Keep it here for Dr. Sanjay Gupta. How much information do you want to see on a restaurant menu? Okay. That's coming up, Stephen Ted of the morning here on KNSS. Bet the NBA on TNT with a no-sweat same-game parlay from FanDuel, America's number one sports book and the official partner of KNSS. Every Thursday night, you'll get bonus bets back if your same-game parlay doesn't hit. NBA same-game parlay is the perfect... This is Stephen Tad on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. Good morning, Steve McIntosh, Ted Woodward, 630 here on this Thursday morning and 24 degrees. A woman is dead following a crash in Saline County Wednesday morning on I-135 south of Salina. The highway patrol says a Toyota Tundra traveling southbound crossed the center median and struck a Ford F-150 in the northbound lanes, causing it to catch fire. 26-year-old Dacia Ensley of Salina, the passenger of the Ford truck, was killed. A 41-year-old man who was driving the Ford and a 20-year-old woman who was driving the Toyota were hospitalized with serious injuries. U.S. Senator from Kansas Jerry Moran spoke at the Senate Committee on Commerce, Science, and Transportation hearing with the FAA regarding his priorities as the new ranking member of the Subcommittee on Aviation Safety, Operations, and Innovation. Kansas is the aviation capital of the world with over a century's worth of rich aviation history. Whether manufacturing the first bomber in the B-52 or the next generation bomber in the B-21, Kansas has driven and carried the aviation industry. And the Republican added that the FAA is at a crucial junction and we must do everything in our power to ensure the United States remains a leader in aerospace innovation and safety. You can listen to his complete comments in the news story on our webpage at knssradio.com. The father of the man who shot and killed seven people at a July 4th parade last year is indicted by an Illinois grand jury. Robert Cremo Jr. has been charged with reckless conduct counts for each person who was killed at the parade. Last Independence Day, his son, Robert Cremo III, used a high-powered rifle on a rooftop in Highland Park to kill seven people watching the event. The Illinois grand jury concluded the elder Cremo helped his son get a gun license years earlier, even after the teen at the time made violent threats. Each of the seven counts carries up to three years in prison. Cremo Jr. has been released after posting a $50,000 bond. His son faces more than 100 counts in the parade shooting. Grinnell Scott, Fox News. 
Army World War II veteran and former POW Ellis Allen Sr. recently celebrated his 103rd birthday at the Washington, D.C. VA Medical Center. Ellen's family made the celebration special by joining in the fun virtually. He's the father of nine, grandfather of 19, and great-grandfather of 13. Born on January 23, 1920 in Dalton, Missouri, Allen was pursuing a degree at Lincoln University when he was drafted into the Army in 1942. After completing his basic training, Allen was assigned to Fort Riley, Kansas, where he worked at post headquarters and served as host bugler before being sent to Europe in 1944. A member of the 957th Quartermaster Company in England, he helped set up the first petroleum oil and lubrication depot at Utah Beach. In December 1944, Allen's unit was sent to Nancy, France, where they took over a German prisoner of war camp until the end of the war. Allen moved back to Missouri in 1945, but he still felt the need to serve. He re-enlisted in 1947 and attended administration school at Fort Lee, Virginia. He was assigned to the 503rd Field Artillery Battalion at Fort Lewis, Washington from 1948 to 1950 when he deployed with the 503rd to Korea. On his first fire mission, his unit was overrun by enemy forces near the Chinese border. He became a prisoner of war and remained a prisoner for 33 months until he was released in October of 1953. Allen continued serving and was reclassified as a communication non-commissioned officer in 1965. In 1968, after 26 years of service to his country, Allen retired from the Army and moved to Kansas City, Missouri, where he went to work as an electrical inspector. Today, the Allen family tradition of service continues through his granddaughter, a commissioned Army officer who will put on the rank of captain later this summer. This salute to service is brought to you by Jimmy's Family Diner, a Wichita tradition since 1987. We invite you to read more stories about veterans and active military. Just search the menu on our webpage at knssradio.com. Dan O'Neill. KNSS News. Now the forecast with KNSS staff meteorologist Dan Holliday. Good morning, Dan. Good morning. Some of the heavier snowfall occurred well to the north of us and continues in extreme northern Kansas. For us, the cloud cover will stick around today. Temperatures in the upper 20s around lunchtime, 32 and breezy this afternoon. We will be clear overnight, Tarlow 18, sunny and 47 on Friday. I'm KNSS meteorologist Dan Holliday. Now a cloudy sky, northwest wind at 16 miles per hour. And at 24 degrees. 635, Stephen Ted in the morning here on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. And this is a, a memorable date in Civil War history. Going, going back to 1862 on this date, the Civil War Battle of Fort Donelson in Tennessee ended as some 12,000 Confederate soldiers surrendered. Union General Ulysses S. Grant's victory earned him the moniker Unconditional Surrender Grant mm-hmm. for the U.S., and uh, his victories out in the West earned him a shot at uh, overall commander here a few, a few months later. You know, Lincoln went through what, about five, five or six generals before he found the right before one. Before he found the one that w- could win the war. Yeah. And I think the key to Grant was, although he, he cared about his soldiers, he would sacrifice them. Yeah. He'd put them into battle. And <laughs> that's why they won, I guess. 635, Stephen Ted. Well, it may seem like people are staring at their smartphones all the time, 
doesn't mean they are not reading books, Ted. In fact, book sales are up, especially for one specific category, romance novels. Oh. According to a Wednesday report in Publishers Weekly, bookstore sales were up by 6.2% last year compared to 2021 and up by 7.5% compared to 2019 before the COVID pandemic uh, drastically impacted in-person retail shopping. Last summer, the outlet reported that romance genre sales were up 33% in the first half of last year. Really? Have you ever read one of those books? I've never nope. read one. Nope. Nope. I like, I like nonfiction. I think those romance novels are pretty fiction-y. You can, you can read more about that on our webpage at knssradio.com this morning. So, romance novels. Uh, in the wake of President Joe Biden having touted new education policies on the horizon for the nation during his State of the Union address last week, Senator Barry Sanders of Vermont announced he has his own policy wish list, and it includes that what could be a substantial raise for many American teachers. Quote, we should be paying public school teachers a minimum of at least $60,000 a year, Sanders said at a town hall meeting Monday at the Capitol. And if it, uh, and it sounds like he's not simply waiting around for it to happen, adding, I'll soon be introducing legislation to do just that. But what control does the federal government have over teachers' yeah, salaries? Yeah, is the federal government going to write a blank check to every school district in the nation? USD 259? Yeah. Uh, Why seem, not? They print money for everything else. <laughs> doesn't seem realistic to me. Uh, oh, by the way, you can also f- uh, find out more about that story on our webpage, knssradio.com, this morning. $60,000, well, that's fine, but who's going to, how's it going to be done? Uh, well, the proof is in how it's going to be done, and it's probably not. 637 now, Steve and Ted in the morning, coming on 638. Time for the KNSS Commodities Update with Tom Leffler of Leffler Commodities. Good morning, Tom. Well, good morning, Steve and Ted. The cash cattle trading volume in our feed yards is having another week of a slow start. Live cattle futures traded two-sided Wednesday and closed mostly negative, while the feeder cattle also traded mixed and closed positive, but came well off the highs of the session. The only new contract highs yesterday was made by the February live cattle for the third straight session. Profit-taking pulled the lean hogs into negative trading and closes Wednesday after upside was accomplished back on Tuesday. At the close, April live cattle were seven cents lower at 164.60. March feeder cattle up 67 cents at 187.32, and April lean hogs down 75 cents at 86.50. Now, yesterday only the soybean oil futures were able to close positive. The monthly NOPA soybean crush at 179 million bushels was lower than expected, and for the third consecutive month was lower than a year ago. The dollar index had its highest trade yesterday since the 6th of January, and and this morning at 7.30 is the release of the PPI report. At the moment, March KC wheat two and three quarters higher at 8.97 and a quarter. March corn trading a penny and a quarter to lower at 6.75. March soybeans down three quarters of a penny at $15.25. March crude oil trading 18 cents higher at $78.77. June gold $2.20 higher at $1,864.20. The March S&Ps down nine and three quarter points at 4148 March dollar index 14 cents lower at 103.69. And March Dow Jones futures down 47 points at 34,127. For commodity trading or ag marketing advisory, contact Love for Commodities on the phone or on the web by using 866-GO-TO-TOM. Now, Tom, got some snow on the ground out uh, in the western part of the state, about the western third, I guess, of the state of Kansas, and not much around here. Uh, got any snow over there in Augusta, in Butler County? 
No, sir, and I'm glad of it. You are? Okay. You're not a big snow fan, no? No, I'm not. Okay. Well, that's that's understandable. Uh, <laughs> last evening, uh, somebody asked me, he says, uh, hey, how come you're not in Kansas City up there to see that parade? I said, you know, and I, I'm a big fan of the Chiefs, don't get me wrong, but being in a crowded place with several hundred thousand people uh, <laughs> on a cold day, and nah. Not for me. I'm, I'm too wimpy. I wouldn't go for that. You know, you'll notice I didn't go. You didn't either, did you? I didn't either, but our oldest son and his wife did because from her office building, they have a perfect view of the parade. Is that right? Where she, where yes. does she, where does she work in? What, do you know what building it is? No, I've never been to the building, so okay. I, I don't know what building it is. It's right down there on the main drag going up into or north and south and in Kansas City, huh? It's got to be somewhere in that area because I guess they have a perfect view of it from right there. Yeah, and 72 degrees. Yeah, no nice Exactly. And hot. <laughs> hot coffee. Yeah, I'll tell you. Well, uh, so this is your who? This is your daughter-in-law? Yes. Okay. And maybe she should invite you to come and see her sometime in Kansas City. That'd be nice. It'd just be like a family. Well, they, they do invite us up there every so often. <laughs> I'm kidding you. I know they do. <laughs> yeah, I know we do. Hey, listen. Uh, okay, so. Not as much uh, rain and snow as we'd like in our part of the state, but they got a little some out in western Kansas. I guess every little bit helps, huh? Exactly. Mm-hmm. It, and like you said, it's a little bit. It's not going to bust any drought by any means. Uh-uh. But in some parts up in the northwest part where there is a little bit better stands of wheat than there is in the southwest part, it will give a little protection to the wheat. All right. Very good. Thank you, Tom. That's the uh, KSS Commodities Update with Tom Lefter. It's uh, 641 now, Stephen 10 in the morning. Coming up, Don Grant, CFP, the money tracker. Should I give it away while I'm living? I guess we're Don, posing these, wow. posing these life-changing questions to us. Kind of heavy, isn't it? Don Grant, the money tracker, coming up, Stephen's head in the morning on KNSS. Stephen Ted in the morning, KNSS, 646 now. Three big things. Three. One person dead, three injured in a shooting at a shopping mall in El Paso, Texas. Two. Nurses at Ascension via Christie St. Francis Hospital in Wichita rally as union contract negotiations begin. One. Big rain and snowstorm blackens western Kansas. Some places snowfall measuring up to eight inches. Stephen Ted, uh, big three big things with Stephen Ted on KNSS. Traffic this morning here in the Wichita area. We did miss the worst of that storm here in the Wichita area. You really don't have to go too far north or west, however, uh, to start seeing conditions worsen on the roadways. Basically, north of Newton, you start seeing uh, seasonal conditions pop up on Can Drive, where you can look at the uh, status of the highways all across the state. So north of Newton... And basically anything west of Mount Hope and Burton, they've started listing as uh, potentially bad conditions on the highways there on K96. So uh, just something to keep uh, keep in mind if you happen to be headed north or west. Traffic update from 98.7 at 1330 KNSS. I'm Jad Chambers. Mostly cloudy, breezy, and cold today with a high of 32 degrees. Yesterday's high was 41. Decrease in clouds and cold tonight. The overnight low, 17 then on Friday, sunny and warmer. Tomorrow's high, 46 degrees. Now a cloudy sky. Northwest wind at 16 miles per hour. 
and 24 degrees. KNSS weather brought to you by the Monarch. Several times voted one of the best bourbon bars in America. The Monarch opened at 11 a.m. for lunch Monday through Sunday. The Monarch, 579 West Douglas in Delano. 648 now, Steve and Ted, KNSS, and up close on Wall Street Wednesday. Stocks ending higher after new data showed retail sales rose 3% in January, which was the latest sign that economic growth picked up at the start of the year, which could in turn encourage the Fed to keep tackling inflation by raising interest rates. And Airbnb stock surging after its fourth quarter earnings beat analysts' forecast, and the short-term rental company recorded its first full-year profit and shares of Roblox, another big winner with its stock soaring 25% after the video game company topped bookings' expectations for the holiday quarter. The Dow winners, Apple, Goldman Sachs, and Caterpillar. The Dow decliners, Chevron, United Health Group, and Johnson & Johnson. The Dow up 39 points, the Nasdaq up 110, S&P 500 up 11. Hillary Barsky, Fox News. The Congressional Budget Office says it expects the U.S. economy to stagnate this year. Hmm. It projects that the unemployment rate will jump to 5.1%, a bleak outlook that was paired with a 10-year projection that Publicly held U.S. debt would nearly double by 2033. The budget office, what a bunch of optimistic fellows. They well, are. but that'll help with inflation, her, hey, perhaps, well, as much go. as we don't like to see people not working. 649, Stephen Ted. It is time for uh, Don Grant, CFP, the money tracker. Should I give it away while I'm living? Should you? Should I? I don't know, man. Well, you're the guy. Tell me. Oh, <laughs> I will tell you, you know, Steve and Ted, in the course of planning for my clients, for some, it's obvious that they will leave this earth with a surplus of money. With uh, many, I have a conversation about how they need to spend more now while they are healthy and can enjoy it. Well, if you're in a position whereby your wealth exceeds your earthly needs, should you pass that money on now or pass it on after you're dead? Well, there are good reasons for both strategies. Whether you give it now or later, each spouse of a couple can give away $12,920,000 in their lifetimes before inheritance taxes kick in. That's almost $26 million before Uncle Sam will ask for his cut. For 2023, an individual can give another individual $17,000 per year without declaring it as a gift, and it doesn't go against that $12 million. Well, it's an annual exclusion that doesn't count against, like I just said. Now, if you gift more, it needs to be declared and, and counts against your lifetime exclusion. So if you give $20,000, and 3000 is attributed towards that $12 million. Now, depending upon the magnitude of the gift, a couple could give each child $34,000, that's 17000 from each, without declaring it. They could do the same for grandchildren. Gifting during your lifetime can be tremendously rewarding. You could see each child enjoy the gift. It may give them a boost for your grandchildren's education, your kid's business, or perhaps allow them to travel where they otherwise couldn't afford it. If you have uh, have appreciated property that you want to donate to a child, it may be best to not gift it until after you're gone. If your child takes possession of the property during your lifetime, they will inherit your basis in that property. That means if they need to sell the asset, they may have a huge capital gain to pay. If they inherit the property, current estate provisions allow 
the value of that property to be stepped up to the value at the time of death. If they need to sell, then there may have little or no taxable gains to report. Whatever you do, consult with your tax specialist for guidance. And, of course, if you have any questions, give me a call. The number is 267-0600. Just ask for me, Don Grant. All right, Don. Uh, now you got the new phone number there. you got that memorized now. I think, well, I'll, I'll mess it up in the future, I'm sure. But, yeah, I think I got it down. Right, very good, very good. So, yeah. So did you enjoy the snowfall? Did you go out and make a uh, snowman? I yet? made <laughs> snow angels this morning in my pajamas. Uh, no, I got in the car and I drove here, and I was thinking, where's this snow that they promised us last night? There's no, there wasn't even, like, dusting on the road or anything. Just dry as a bone. Nobody yeah. promised you anything. Uh, well, they predicted it. Yeah. Well, I, I had Chance Hayes in here yesterday. From the National Weather Service uh, office here in Wichita. Okay. And we're doing a pro- uh, an interview. And again, I, he says, you what know. What are the chances of that? He says, uh, <laughs> you know, predicting snowfall amounts, nah, it's not a, not a good deal. One one block will have none, and the other one will have 15 inches. And so you know, yeah. It's just too, it's tough. Well, so Jad was telling me that it was mostly northwest of here, yeah, I guess. There was yeah, a, uh, Goodland had about 8 inches, so there you go. Really? Yeah. Well, that's great, because they need that badly. Up on I-70. Yeah. Today, fellas, is National Do a Grouch a Favor Day. Okay, what can I do for you, Steve? It's a, <laughs> this is a call. <laughs> this is a call to kindness, not a call to <laughs> smart alecheness. <laughs> Everyone knows a grouch, and some of us may even be guilty of being one. Yeah, I've done it. I've been there. Today, maybe you could be the one to find the sweeter side of a grouch. Do that person a favor and turn them around forever. Aww. Right? Or at least for five minutes. Who wrote that? The Pollyanna Society of America? <laughs> That's where I get most of it, yeah. The, the Pollyanna people sent that over there. It's just something to think about. I, people who are just a little grumpy now and then, and maybe they need a little uh, bah, something nice to happen to them. I liked the one yesterday, National Singles Day, as though we weren't reminded that we were single mm-hmm. on Valentine's Day. <laughs> right. <laughs> we keep reinforcing it. Dude. All right. Uh, okay. So you got anything planned today other than? Going I'm going to work? find as many grouches as I can and just <laughs> give them give them a little give shoulder it. massage and maybe get them some <laughs> chocolates that are on sale from from the Valentine's Day stuff. There you go. There, there you go. You know, just give them and then give them a good smile and a hug and make just, a run and get one of those those heart shaped boxes of candy. I yeah, mean, they're cheap right now. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You there stick are. them in the freezer. You keep them till next year. <laughs> And you get it for fifty percent off. Well, you're always thinking, aren't you? Of course, the cost of freezing it's <laughs> yeah. probably going to be electricity. You know, it's like, hey, baby, know. here's a year old chocolate. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, sorry about the frozen peas on yeah. top of that. <laughs> yum yum. All right, thank you guys. Uh, Six fifty-five. Stephen Ted, and coming up our top of the hour news, seven o'clock this morning. Big snowstorm covering western Kansas, and of course, Wichita nurses are rallying as the union talks begin. That's on the way. Stephen Ted in the morning here on KNSS.